are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, your pal in the kitty copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Shows on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. And today I am very excited for two reasons. One, there's football next weekend. We are basically here. It is football week. We're going to start seeing practice reports. We got a crossover on Thursday. It is all the same thing. It is time for football. The season is here. And two, the Locked on Vikings podcast is on YouTube now, which means if you'd like a video version of this podcast, which is literally just me in front of a webcam, but as you can see right now, there are bunnies in it too, sometimes when they decide to show up. So that's one reason. Come check it out on YouTube. You can subscribe to the Locked on Vikings podcast on YouTube. Still going to be everywhere you find your favorite podcasts and nothing about the show is going to change, except I'll use a few visual aids on the YouTube side every once in a while. So make sure you come check that out. Come subscribe, hit the bell, all that weird stuff. Also, I want to point you to the ultimate NFL season preview. Been going on since last week here uh, at the Locked on Podcast Network. We teamed up again with Odyssey, just like when we did the ultimate mock draft. And we are previewing the season, which means all four hosts for each division get together and kind of take over that podcast feed for a day. It is a, a different podcast feed than Locked on NFL or Locked on Vikings or anything like that. It's its own separate podcast feed. Uh, but go check it out. It's a, a really cool project. We definitely had a lot of fun on the NFC North uh, making fun of the Lions and uh, Andy Dalton and everything the Packers are doing and all that stuff. Uh, so so go check that out. But today on the show, we have to start uh, the process of the week. Now, usually in an in-season week, this is weird, it's like a half of an in-season week because I'm previewing a game, but I'm not reviewing one. Uh, I'd be reviewing the game, right? You'd be talking about takeaways and stuff, and then we would do Twitter Tuesday tomorrow, which we are doing, so make sure you get your questions in, more about that at the end. Uh, and then like Wednesday, we would maybe go over some, but we've got a couple of weird days here. But that's good news because uh, I have some conversations that I have wanted to have about the Vikings kind of previewing their season, if you will. So we kind of get a chance to talk about these like more overarching things, I guess. Uh, and that's really exciting. So in lieu of any news, there wasn't really any news. There was one thing I didn't mention. They got a new practice squad wide receiver named Tristan Jackson, um, in season practice squad shuffling and up and down and stuff happens all the time. And once we get into the swing of the season, you're probably not going to cover it as much unless it's particularly noteworthy. Some other random, you know, nickel and dime salary cap stuff like Luther Kirk, uh, getting an injury settlement instead of going on IR, which is different. He becomes a free agent when he's healthy. Um, all that stuff is, uh, I, worth maybe mentioning but not really covering so instead uh let me talk about one of the major themes for the vikings on offense which is uh the run game and specifically the ratio of run to pass and conservatism and all that stuff i like having these big long conversations especially headed into a season um we did kirk cousins a couple of weeks ago where we just kind of said let's just have the kirk cousins conversation and talk about all the things with him and his is he too conservative does he check down a lot what about his whole thing where he can't work outside of structure and his contract and all of the kind of major kirk cousins talking points we did that last week i want to do the same thing with the run game um and in, in particular i want to focus on two things about the run game 
Uh, for one, well, three things. First, I just want to explain the Vikings run game to you. If you aren't familiar with what a wide zone is, uh, we're going to have that talk. But for two, uh, I, I want to talk about this kind of conservativeness vibe around the, the Vikings offense, where it always seems so stuffy and stifled. Uh, and a lot of that is by the nature of how often they, they run the ball and what situations they run the ball and all that stuff. So we're going to talk about all that stuff and especially the nerd part of it, the analytics part of it, and kind of where I think the Vikings slot into that conversation. But first, let me just explain the basics to you. So a wide zone run scheme is very, very popular in the NFL. By my count right now, I have 12 NFL teams running it and the Vikings are one of them. So this is not very unique to the Vikings at all. They are in the wave. Um, and if you ever hear the Vikings running an outdated scheme or anything, um, then I, you, they're running the same thing McVay and Shanahan run. <laughs> it's the same stuff. And now I'm pretty sure every team in the NFC North is going to run it. Uh, you know, obviously the Packers with Matt LaFleur run almost identical stuff. Uh, the Lions now have Anthony Lynn. He was a Kubiak disciple for forever. Even a, he even played for Kubiak as a running back. Um, and he wanted to run one in uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers, but they never quite had the right personnel. There was a wire crossed over there. And then you have the Bears, who Matt Nagy's scheme, I wouldn't call it a wide zone, but he ran a wide zone last year, making up for, for Mitch Trubisky. So it could be in the cart. So we could have an all four wide zone team. So it, it bears uh, mentioning it. It's important to know it, I think. And the gimmick of a wide zone, not really a gimmick, the, the idea of a wide zone, the strategy is... Basically, in the NFL, there's not a lot of 300-pound, 300 330-pound Mauler linemen. They're just, they just don't come out of college at that good a clip. You get a Quentin Nelson every once in a while, but you get a lot more Brian O'Neills and, and Garrett Bradbury's. And, you know, smaller guys that aren't able to maybe go toe-to-toe in the sumo ring with these big giant nose tackles, but might have a little more agility. And that's the athleticism you can find. Guys with good three-cone times, good 40 times. How do you make do use of that? And the strategy, which again, not new at all, uh, but certainly not out, out, of, out of style, is to take those smaller, faster linemen and construct a run scheme based on beating that guy to a spot, beating your guy to a spot and being able to seal him off there. And essentially, if you get to your guy's spot first... Uh, you can seal him off and you'll usually have some kind of leverage advantage so you won't have to beat that guy necessarily one-on-one. -on -one. If you take Kenny Clark versus Garrett Bradbury and you put him in an Oklahoma drill, that's not going to go very well for the Vikings. But if you have Garrett Bradbury, say, reach block, uh, you know, a 2i, which is a fancy way of saying go on to the, you know, he's the center and go be on the outside of the defensive tackle that's further away from him so cover a ton of lateral ground and then seal a guy off there uh it essentially allows everybody else on the offensive line to have these really easy matchups and it's a really difficult block for garrett bradbury but kind of the whole reason they drafted him is because nc state asked him to do that a lot and he could do it so that's what they do and, you know and that's that's the way the run game works and the real magic of a wide zone is that it enables a lot of uh, the our, our favorite play action concepts. And yeah, you know, the whole idea of the run setting up the play action is a bit contentious. We're going to get to that later. Uh, but for now, suffice it to say, if you want to say fake an outside zone run, and then on the next play, uh, which is basically, you know, what it sounds like, a zone run, and then Dalvin Cook bounces it off the tackle or out to the outside. And then on the next play... Uh, run something that is exactly the same looking play, except Kirk Cousins keeps the ball and he peels out for a bootleg and good luck figuring out which is which if you can make them look as identical as possible. That's the 
gimmick of a wide zone. There's a lot of different kinds of blocks. There are combo blocks where a lineman will kind of chip a defensive tackle on the inside and then go climb up to a linebacker. Um, The guards tend to do that a lot. And so when I'm evaluating guards, a lot of times I'm looking, you know, did he find that guy up there in the second level? Because that linebacker is more agile than you. But now you have the strength advantage. It's a much different dynamic. Um, You know, there's a lot of other little wrinkles you can do. You You can kind of have a guy pull out and block a guy he's not supposed to block. Um, and if you're teaching a wide zone, basically what you teach is, are you covered? I.e., do you have a guy in front of you? If so, block him. And if not, block a linebacker and maybe, you know, throw an arm into the guy next to you on your way up. That's basically the simplicity of a wide zone. Vikings have been in it for a few years and Dalvin Cook is absolutely feasted. So that's uh, the basics of the wide zone, basically. Now, before we get into all that, I want to tell you about the Locked On Vikings Survivor Pool. We are doing a Survivor Pool. It's free to join. You can find the link in the show notes, uh, in the the show description on whatever your podcast app is, and you can join for free. Winner gets exclusive bunny content, but really it's just for fun. A little Survivor Pool. Pick a team every week. Can't pick the same team twice, and if you pick the wrong team and your team loses, uh, you're out. That's it. And uh, we're doing that with Run Your Pool. Run Your Pool is a great way to run whatever uh, pool format you want with your office, your colleagues, your fa- friends, your family, whatever. Uh, they have all sorts of formats like Pick'em, Survivor, of course, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool has options and settings. You can make it all your own. You can even brand your pool for your local business bar or restaurant. So reconnect with everybody. Join ne- nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. Check them out today. You can get 10% or 10 bucks off at runyourpool.com slash locked on or use our promo code locked on at checkout. Anywhere, everywhere in the world, Run Your Pool helps friends and colleagues compete. And the NFL season starts September 9th. So you can start today at runyourpool.com slash locked on. Have your pool up and running in minutes. Runyourpool.com slash locked on. And to join... Uh, the Locked On Vikings pool specifically. There's a link in the show notes for that. Make sure you go and check all of that stuff out. I also want to talk to you about good old-fashioned grambling. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action in this upcoming season. You can get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between Tampa and Dallas, and if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to 25 bucks for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports from football, basketball, boxing right down to your favorite Vegas Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Uh, the establishment in the room. <laughs> let's, let's talk about establishing the run, right? This has been a contentious, not really a contentious thing. It's a, a mostly defeated concept, I guess is the way that I would put it. Um, and it is a long ha- had debate. Now, if you've been living under a rock or if you're just blissfully outside of this particular discourse, let me catch you up. Uh, all, all the old fo- football guy types, you know, blood, sweat, and chalk kind of guys say the run game is important and it's vital and it sets the tone and it breaks your will and it sets up everything and all, everything stems from the run game. And then the 
I, I'll call them the nerds, the spreadsheet analytics people will kind of say, well, we don't actually really find those correlations. You go investigate it and you see a team that ran more doesn't necessarily pass better or worse. There's no correlation. A team that runs better doesn't necessarily pass better or worse. There's no correlation. There's no correlation between, you know, if a team's been run at a hundred times, they're not necessarily going to do any better or worse than if they hadn't been. And they've done a lot of math every caveat you could think of. What if the defense was good or the offense was bad or what about this and that? Um, they have a really tough time finding that correlation. So I guess, what do we make of that, that breaking your will part? And then of course they're setting up play action, which we'll get to last, but what about that breaking your will thing? And, and Mike Zimmer has, has talked about this too. He is a proponent of the run game breaks your will. Uh, He even after, if you remember the 2019 Sunday night football game against the Cowboys, um, the one where Eric Kendricks broke up that pass to Ezekiel Elliott on fourth down, they won um, all the crazy circus Amari Cooper catches that game. That game had a drive where the Vikings ran 10 times, no passes, touchdown. Uh, And he was talking about how that drive kind of broke everything. And the, the Dallas defense kind of broke down after that drive. And he felt it was a lot easier on offense after that drive kind of broke their spirit. And I'm sure that there's a lot to say about that. Um, so yeah, what do we make of all this? I, I think back to the the studies, the correlational stuff, and I think it's all awesome work. And I've even had the people responsible. I've had uh, Moo at PFF. I've had Ben Baldwin, who's done a ton of this on this show before to talk about this kind of thing. But <laughs> Uh, I don't think it quite captures the idea. I think, I think there's ships passing in the night here um, where I think when a coach says, yeah, it breaks your will, they're not necessarily saying that every time a team runs more, it is going to uh, cause fatigue in the defense and therefore it's going to cause the defense to play worse. I don't think the correlation is that like direct. It's not that easy. Um, And I think the best study to kind of go at here is the one that comes from Ben Baldwin, who's done a ton of work on this. And he basically said, look, teams that run more, teams that are better at the run do not correlate to poorer defensive performance against the run or pass. That's it. Um, But it's not, to me, like an overall, hey, if you got more EPA in the run, uh, the defense will, you know, that effect will snowball. I don't think that that's the assertion. And it's certainly not true. That sentence, if you got more yards in the run, the effect will snowball is not true. And I don't think anybody thinks it is true. I think it's more about specific moments. Um, and it, this applies to Ben Baldwin's work on momentum too, which I think suffers from the same thing where he's kind of saying, well, you know, if a team did better, it didn't snowball. That would be momentum, right? But I don't think that's what momentum is necessarily is. I think, uh, it, you know, momentum and inertia are maybe a misnomer for that concept. And I think it's the same thing with the run. I don't think you should see macro level correlation. I don't, I, I believe in the effects of an eight play, all runs, touchdown drive. I do not think that you would see a macro level correlation though. Um, and I think the problem to use a more scientific term for it, um, Ben Baldwin overselected is going to be my critique of that, uh, of, of those studies. And these are like two, three-year-old studies, right? So maybe there's been something more updated in recent years. But those studies that are sort of the accepted wisdom, I think they over-selected. Um, I don't necessarily think a team that got a lot of EPA in the run, look, that could have been at the end of a half, right? Where it was first and 10, you got a 20-yard run, um, but it was, you know, somewhat 
strategic for the other team to give that up uh or maybe the end of the game or something like that where it wasn't good for win probability or something you know and those are more corner cases but just the idea of hey if you get six yards a pop in the run you might have figured something out strategically but you're not necessarily punching him in the mouth there you might be doing an outside run or something or a, or a good you know be really good at the toss and guys aren't necessarily getting tired that way and um, there are other factors as well. If you run it really, really well, say you're really good at a certain run play, ISO up the middle, you're just pounding them, and then they make an adjustment to stop you, that's going to throw off the correlation. You ran well in one place, and then you didn't run well in the other place. I don't think that necessarily disproves the effect at all. It's just that you've cast such a wide net, you've invited a ton of noise into the uh, in, in, into the study. And so what I would rather see is uh, more selective moments. Show me what happens after 10-play run-only drives, like the one in the Dallas game, like the one that happened to San Fr- or to the Vikings in San Francisco in the playoffs. Um, I believe they had another one this year. I think they might have had one against the Colts, or maybe it was against the Cowboys again. Um, show me those. Oh, the 16-play one. I mean, it was at the end of a game when you're chewing clock, but the 16-play one against Washington that year in, in 2019. Show me those and what kind of effect that they have on people, obviously, when they're not like at the very end of a game. Um, and again, I will link all of the really cool work that that Ben Baldwin did uh, down in the show notes. Um, but I think the idea that the, the run can break your will, I think there's merit to it. And I, I think that and that's a different thing that I used to think. If you listen to this show two years ago. I probably would have disagreed with myself now. Um, and, but I think that's what you do. You learn, you know, you've listened to enough coaches and you kind of get the idea and you get that it wouldn't show up on the macro level, but it is still like an idea. Um, and there is this kind of accepted wisdom too. Look, run plays get less yards. And I get that. Pass plays typically get more yards. Um, but there is a spatial element to all of this, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit when we talk about the play action thing. But first, let me break down a situation for you. I'm sure you all kind of understand this. You have one device that lets you catch the game live. You have another one that you're streaming your favorite shows on, and another one that shows you sports highlights. Maybe you're watching that on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for, uh, you know, the the real good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle, those different devices, different passwords, different logins. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I also want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar on the planet. That is Built Bar. Built Bar is delicious. It comes in nine unbelievably delicious flavors. Chocolate raspberry, chocolate cherry, salted caramel is one. I never say that one. Double chocolate, a couple of different coconut varieties, whatever you like. I personally recommend the sample box, which is two of each of their nine flavors, but they also have some specialty flavors that come in every once in a while as well. So check back with the Built.com website. Most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, just four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 130 calories. That is insane value. It's delicious. It's going to satisfy that late night craving for a candy bar. 
without knocking you off the wagon. It's even keto friendly. So head on over to built.com. Builtbar.com still works. And you can get 15% off of your next order by using promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So let's talk about play action. Again, we can turn to Ben Baldwin for a cool study. Basically, if you run more, pass doesn't necessarily get better or worse. If you run better, pass doesn't necessarily get better or worse. Debunked, right? No, not debunked. Um, So Baldwin, again, they did a great job. All these guys, and uh, Josh Hersmeyer at 538, and the PFF guys, and all everybody who does this, they do a great job adjusting for caveats about, well, what if this part is good? You know, what about this? Um, And so there's not some weird secret thing that actually this is why um there's no secret like reason right but i want you to think about play action practically and what i don't think that it adjusts for because we don't have this data charted or tracked or anything like that is the look um and the kind of deceptive nature of play action so think about it practically think about being eric kendricks or any linebacker trying to read play action you're reading keys and you're not necessarily trying to guess run or pass based on tendency right and so whether or not you've run 10 times in a row think about if a team runs 10 times in a row it's probably not the same run play 10 times in a row so the defense isn't actually looking at 10 runs in a row and thinking well number 11's got to be a run too you know like that's I think that it debunk like Ben Baldwin and all these other guys debunk that idea, but I don't think they needed a study to debunk that idea. I think it's a very, I, I, I call it often Madden-y. It's a very Madden franchise mode kind of way of looking at things. But even in Madden, if you run 10 times in a row and sometimes in Madden that happens, if you've got, you know, a crazy running back, um, you still, aren't calling the same run play every time, right? You're going to run outside to the left, and then you're going to run through the B gap with an ISO, and then you're going to do like a counter, and then you're going to do maybe a power on this. You're going to run different run plays. Um, and so when you're reading that as, as a defender, you're running, you're, you're trying to read which run play it is, not necessarily if it's run or pass. You're trying to run, read which package it is. And nowadays everybody's run play has a play action kind of stapled to it. So let me try to break this down. So for this, this is one of those parts where I have a a visual aid on YouTube. So go check it out on YouTube, but I'll be as descriptive as possible. If you don't have it, you should be able to follow along just fine. Um, Let's take three run plays, run play A, run play B, run play C, and let's say they all have three counterparts. Play action A is a fake of run play A, play action B is the same way, play action C, right? So you've got these kind of six plays and you have three pairs of plays. Let's say run play A is a good run play. Your team's really good at it and it tends to get people a lot. Let's say it's a six yard per carry run. Uh, When you run this play, you get six yards per carry. When you get run play B, you get four yards per carry. Uh, And when you run play, do you run play C, your team isn't as good at that. Maybe it's a more vanilla run. Guys are better at defending it. You only get two yards per carry on run play C. Um, And then let's say it has the exact uh, inverse effect. Let's say run play C you run it like a ton, right? Let's say it's ISO up the middle and everybody sees ISO up the middle and they really want to go get that good run stop and they really bite on that fake hard. And so whenever you run play action C, it gets like 15 yards per attempt. It's your best play and your whole playbook is play action C. And let's say play action B isn't necessarily as good, but it pairs with run play B, which gets four yards a pop and that's okay. You get 10 yards a pop on play action B. It's a decent pair. 
And let's say play action A, while it's your best run play and it's six yards per carry, maybe the reason it's getting six yards per carry is because they're really worried about that play action and you get five yards per attempt. And let's say you get like sacks and stuff on that one too. Let's say it's like a bootleg or something that that defenses are really keying on. So you're the coach. What do you do here? What do you do with this? Do you run the the pair that has uh, better run play production so you don't have to run these two yard per carry you know get yourself in bad situations but you don't really get the payoff of play action or do you do the better run play or the the worse run play with the better play action play that is kind of the dilemma here and let's say you know this is where i kind of lose it on the macro thing let's say you had a team run all three of these right and let's say they ran each one one time and that was their offense you would say well they got four yards per carry and they got 10 yards Per pass attempt. Why didn't they just pass more? And it's you can kind of see how it gets a little silly and how we're sort of ships passing in the night. How we don't really engage when we look at it at such a macro level. We're not really engaging with the, the spacing element of what's going on on a football field. So my goal is not necessarily to get bogged down in the ratios. I'm not that worried about run-pass ratio. I don't really care if they ran it 30% of the time and they passed it 70% of the time or if it was more 50-50 or maybe they ran 60-40. I, I don't care. What I care about is spacing. Will Are the Vikings or any offense I'm evaluating, are they sequencing their plays to manipulate the spacing? And whether or not that's a run play followed by another run play, that can be a pass play followed by another pass play. I think categorizing these plays into run and pass, it's like taking a salad and and categorizing it all into things that are vegetables and things that are not vegetables. It's like, are you really engaging with the point anymore? <laughs> so tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. So get your questions in. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at NFL and the show's on Twitter at LockedOnVikings. You can send me a message there or a tweet there, you know, and I'll get them. You can also answer in the show notes. There is a Google form, or you can just send an email to LockedOnVikingsPodcast at gmail.com. Ask whatever, and I'll get to as many of them as I can tomorrow. Also, I want you to check out the Locked On Bets podcast. Locked On Bets is a podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, and they'll help you get your grambles straight. I will see you all tomorrow on podcast, on YouTube, on whatever. And as always, skull.